0: Welcome to Love, Sex, and Relationships with the Professor and... Professor T. Love. And tonight, our topic is mental illness in a relationship. Meaning, you have a relationship with someone that has been diagnosed with a mental illness. Whether it's ADHD, autism, schizophrenia, or... uh, any other kind of mental illness. We're going to talk about tonight how to handle something along those lines because that's pretty intense and most people don't talk about that subject at all. It it is a topic that is very scary um, and kept in the dark about a lot of things because there's a lot of humiliation that is associated with that and not to mention when most of us think of mental illness or anyone thinks of mental illness, you think about the person that you see on the bus or on the train, they're sleeping on the train they're looking dirty, disheveled they're talking to their self, you know they're um, unkept or you know they're you know acting like they they have a bunch of flies or something on them. So when we think of mental illness, we think of extreme forms of it, meaning to the point where maybe someone has had a break, some kind of psychological break, or anything along those lines. And a lot of times, those are not the um, things that, those are not um, the people who may be in our everyday lives. There are many people that have mental um, illness that we don't know about. I I remember some time ago that they talked about celebrities that had mental illness, and I think Dan Aykroyd. I I, I don't want, please don't quote me. I have to uh, I have to look it up. I believe Dan Aykroyd has um, autism.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. Did, so what did he have? Asperger syndrome. I think it was a spurger. Um,
0: but it you know, it was just it just goes to show you um that you know it's never who we think um would have it. You right. Know, that yeah, it's it is Dan Aykroyd and there was um Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah she has um yeah, she was diagnosed um Early in life with autism. Wow. Uh, Charles Durham. Yeah, Charles Durham. Mm -hmm. Um, He was
1: diagnosed
0: with, um, let me see, I'm not going to really say right here, but.
1: Well, I see here, and and I was looking up um, Dan Aykroyd, and Dan Mm -hmm. Aykroyd suffers from mild Tourette's and Asperger's. And, right, um at
2: y- birth Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and, it's, and it's on YouTube That he talks about His condition And um, You know um, you Because know, a lot of people didn't know that and, and a lot of times this stuff doesn't come out Until way later um, In a person's life Because you know At the time when the Dan Aykroyd came out You know, Dan Aykroyd was working On Saturday Night Live you know, a lot of people didn't. You know, at that time wouldn't have known that. You know, but now that people exactly. are comfortable, right? Now that people are comfortable about talking about mental illness, you know, they come out about it. You know, and that, and right. I, you know, uh, I'm shocked too. So,
0: yeah, Courtney Love was also um, diagnosed mildly autistic. Mm. Um, as well, yeah, as well as. Um, Albert
1: Einstein. He was diagnosed with um, Asperger syndrome. You know, I'm not so, surprised um, by that. You know, um, right? You, you know, okay. you have people that are extremely talented, and you, you find out that some of them do have. Um, they suffer from um, autism or or other um, other mental illness. I find that people that are highly talented. They do have, like, um, they have some form of mental illness.
0: Well, usually, you know, most of the time, um, especially when you're talking about Asperger, usually Asperger or um, autism. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, uh, especially as autism, um, right. and another uh, diagnosis that is under the umbrella of autism is PDD, which is known as pervasive developmental disorder. Um. They they are sensory. Usually, they have a lot of sensory based issues with them, meaning that the person can hear high sounds, high pitches. They can notice richness and color, you know. So them uh, people that will have Asperger or autism have can keep can zoom in on certain things that the average person may not because they have a heightened sense in something else. Mm-hmm. Therefore. Their creativity or their um, ability to maybe analyze something or study something or memorize something is at a much higher peak because there's a certain sense, um, sense within them that is um, heightened. You know, um, they're, they're very well, there was one um, artist, um, I forgot his name, but he was a young black man, and he literally could draw themes. If he looked at a scene or a picture uh, really a scene like in a street like Golden Gate Bridge, he can draw every single detail from memory
2: oh wow every okay.
0: possible detail from that uh. um um another popular um, actor comedian is Jerry Seinfeld who is also he was also um he believes he' is on the autism spectrum. So you know mm-hmm. we must also remember that a lot of these mental illnesses they they are biological okay um, it's um they're usually biological, meaning that it is something that is usually um produced within the body um mm-hmm. only recently um I think the fDA had to admit that the eighteen i believe it's the eighteen month or the twenty four month um, immunization shot was uh um Giving or um, pushing or help develop in a lot of children autism, but and I don't want to get too deep into those theories and, and so forth and so on. But wanted to point out that a lot of this happens. Um, another study that has, has come about also talks about a lot of times um, a lot of mental illness can sometimes stay dormant. Now, when I say stay dormant, meaning that it doesn't always have to appear right away in mm-hmm. a child. There are some people who get diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, let's see what else. Schizophrenia, um, anxiety disorder, various mood disorders, impulse control orders at various times in their life. Sometimes a person... Um, mental illness may not show itself or may not appear until sometimes in women after childbirth Uh there have been many cases where some women have had children and then all of a sudden they have an extreme um, impulse control disorder or mood disorder um it can come um, after postpartum depression or in adjacent, you know, um, right alongside of it. So there's a lot of different things that can show up at various times. It doesn't mean it was totally dormant, it was never seen, but the symptoms could have been so minute that they did not appear. And then, and that's why I'm bringing this to the forefront because a lot of times when we're in a relationship with someone, um, their behavior could have underlying traits that are associated with mental illness. Mm. Now, most of us, when we get involved with someone and someone acts odd or crazy, we just say, oh, she's crazy or he's crazy. They don't know what to do. Like, they're psyched, right? You know, they're nuts because they may not have been diagnosed immediately with the illness. And a lot of times, um, people don't disclose that. You know, right. because of the stigmas that are attached with that. Um, if, you, if you have any kind of mental illness, whether it's ADD, autism, Asperger's, uh, schizophrenia, um, anxiety disorder, depression, a lot of times people have a tendency to um, revert or talk to the person as if they're dumb, like they don't understand, like um, their brain is not working. And uh, many a times that's not necessary because they don't have a hearing problem. They have a mental illness. But it does not mean that because one has a mental illness does not mean that they cannot process what you're saying. It may take them a longer period of time or, you know, they, um, or, you know it may stay internalized depending on the severity of the mental illness. But in the event that you are in love, or you find yourself in love with someone that has one of these mental illnesses that have drawn people underground, it's very important that you understand what you're getting into. Right. You know, um, I dealing agree. Dealing with someone, right? Dealing with someone with a mental illness is not faint of heart. You you can't back down because they may need you. You know, right. and it could be something as easy as, um, depression. Uh-huh. You know, maybe after they have a baby, people don't understand, um, the, the things or the severity of having a child. A child, um, disrupts the woman's whole body function, you know, and depending on how well she takes care of herself, genetics, hereditary, uh, you know, her her medical history There's a lot of factors that can determine Or alter who she becomes After that child is born You know, mm-hmm. the most famous one is postpartum depression Where a lot of women get in a state of depression um, For a variety of reasons Meaning their body may no longer be the same They may not feel sexy You know, there's a chemical imbalance Because you got to remember When you're producing a life when the, When you are creating a life that life has to feed off of something and someone, so it's feeding off of that woman. Uh-huh. Okay, it's taking her brain cells, it's taking her blood, it's taking her tissue uh-huh. to form and create a whole other being that's going to come out. So you gotta think about it.
2: Uh-huh.
0: If if she if she does not have all her mental capacity, that or and and her partner doesn't have all her mental capacity there's a strong chance the child may not come out with full mental capacity. Uh-huh. But you got to remember, if the child feeds off of something, once the sperm is a fertilized egg, those two grow, those two come together and feed off of the woman. Uh-huh. Okay? So we have to really look at that. And then, you know, or even if the person doesn't have a child, let's say you're dealing with a man, you know, and he has a mental illness. It, those things are not always seen right away, but if in the event that you do understand that, it may be important that you find. It may be important you find um, medical help. Like based on this article from the American Psychological Association, it says how to cope with a loved one with a. Serious mental illness. Right? and the first point that they say is how mental illness can affect family and friends. What do you think it does to them, Professor T. Love?
1: Well, you know, um, one, and I ha- I was in a relationship with someone um, that I believe she suffered from. Um, she suffered from schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and that can take a toll because like you said a lot of times you don't find stuff out until you um, are in a uh, something triggers them and also what happens is if they if they're not taking the medication that controls that you you know you'll see those triggers but what it can do you know mental illness really can disrupt your family it can disrupt your children because, um, you know, my ex had cho- has children. They're grown now. But, you know, when you have a mental illness, you're not stable. You mm-hmm. know, you 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 adapt to your setting. I mean, that's just like anybody else. You do adapt to your settings. And a lot of times, you know, having a mental illness puts you in survival mode. So in order to not let people know that you have the illness... You go into survival mode To try to maintain yourself as much as possible But sometimes that's just not easy And it does require that they um, Make sure that they're taking the medication that controls it Um, Because there are some Like you said, there's some um, people that we know That are family or friends Even celebrities that have mental illness But their mental illness is controlled by Uh, Medication But mental illness really is Disruptive And it can cause um, If you have children it can cause your children um, To be disruptive Too Um, And when I say mean disrupted They get disrupted Because they see Mm -hmm. their parent um, Going through a crisis You know And, um, And because Depending on the severity of the mental illness It can also cause the um the the children you know the the parent to basically have their children um um not stable meaning like home life um and they could be just going from place to place because there's no stability and like I said when you mm-hmm. go into survival mode and you're in a situation where people put you in survival mode you tend to mm-hmm. go, you wa- not wandering You're not wandering, I don't feel it's wandering It just means mm-hmm. that you're, you're trying to deal with your situation But a lot of times you deal with your situation by running away And that also means if you have children, you start running away And if you're mm-hmm. in a relationship with someone it's, it, it really is traumatic It can be traumatic mm-hmm. And it can be to the point where mm-hmm. the partner doesn't know what to do but the only thing that really the partner can do is, is basically be there for them. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. if you don't know who to talk to, to know how to mm-hmm. deal with someone that has schizophrenia, um, it really can be devastating.
0: Right. I, I mean, absolutely. But one thing um, I want to also um, um, point out is... Uh, you know, because we're also gonna gonna see the title between that article and another article that comes from Psych Central, with with says what I've learned about relationships and mental illness, and one of the points it says that they are totally compatible. See, because what we must also remember is everybody comes with their share of
1: issues. Right
0: now. You know, sometimes the issue could be, you know, they leave the, the toilet seat up, or maybe they chew with their mouth open.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Or, you know, maybe it's jealousy, extreme jealousy, you know. But, you know, sometimes many of us want to categorize or say that someone that has a mental illness cannot be capable of love, or that's not someone I should choose. But, You know, it also depends on the severity and how that person handles it and how educated they are about their mental illness, whether it be that, schizophrenia, bipolar, whatever. A lot of times some people are very in tune and understand understand their diagnosis and how it affects their lives and how it can affect other people. Like you pointed out with the parents, you know, it's very important that a parent, if you uh, if you have a child that has a mental illness, that you not only educate yourself, uh-huh. but also educate your child. And you're right, Terry. They do go in a sense of survival mode, self preservation mode, because it's like with anything. Whether if a child had a physical handicap, they always feel they got to do more. So that they can be accepted, right? But the difference is with a mental illness, you feel you may have to do more, or you may have to hide your mental illness because you don't want to be prejudged, right? Uh-huh. You know, and a lot of times we prejudge a person, you know, based on appearance, how they act, how they sound, whatever,
2: uh-huh. you know,
0: and you know, it's That's where the problems come in because we make a misjudgment. Based on what we physically see or how a person physically acts, but it doesn't take away from whatever's in that person's heart. That's right. You know, right. because some people, you know, because yeah. some people have a mild form of um, autism or a mild form of Asperger's, and you know, maybe they have a little tick, but other than that. You know, they can make rational decisions. They know what they like. They don't know what they know what they don't like. They know how they want to be treated. How other people should be treated. Uh-huh. You know, and and that's the thing. We we have to remember everybody comes with their share of of stuff, baggage, luggage, uh-huh. issues, tissues, crosses they bear, different dresses they wear in and out of the closet. So we have to learn to try to accept people based on what they're doing now. You can learn about their past and and, then deal with it. But also understand we as individuals, all of us, and those who are quote-unquote normal may not be that normal. So it's it's important to understand that. Um, Another item is, you know, like with any relationship, Finding the right person. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. That comes whether you have a mental illness or not. Well, yeah. (laughs) I I don't. I don't don't,
1: (laughs) listen. Finding the right person, even if you a cat and a dog. You know what I'm saying? You you want to find you want to find the right right dog (laughs) or or right cat. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's very important. You have to find the right person because. Whoever that person gets with has to have patience and understanding and be empathetic, you know, um, and open-minded about that because people tend to put uh, mental um, illness in a box. Like, that's separate from them. But Mm -hmm. at some form or another, a lot of us do suffer from mental illness, and the importance is, is to have a relationship with someone that is willing to learn about what's going on and understand and also know um, basically what are some of the resources that can be used to help that individual because remember when you're helping that individual you're helping yourself also because it's uh-huh. teaching you how to understand who they are
0: uh-huh. And also, you know, when we um, are finding that right person, if we find that right person and they happen to have a mental illness, you know, it's also very important to try to seek out help. Yes. Try to seek out a, a professional if you can, you know, or a support group if there's any that are available, so that you can discuss these issues um, that are going on and the possibilities of things that can can. Can, can occur. I mean, let, let's face it, there's plenty of times we've been involved with someone, and you know, they have uh, some true trust and, and you know, self esteem issues to the point where they're stalking you, but no one ever says that they have a diagnosis, nor do they have any support group for that. And, you know, to me, that's a mental illness in itself when you do some extreme stuff. Right. So that's why it's always important in any relationship, whether the person has a mental illness or doesn't have a mental illness, that you try to seek out some kind of support in um, specialty groups to help you understand what is going on and to process your feelings and work with your partner, you know, because maybe your partner doesn't fully understand all the capabilities or everything that's, that's going on you know and talking about it can sometimes help it may not be able to resolve
1: everything but it can help what do you think about that oh uh, no i i i i believe that you know you should that has to be discussed okay and mm-hmm. i think when you don't discuss that you take away the other person's right to understand about what's going on and you know i don't think you should keep that a secret um, you know it only to me when you hide it, it only adds to your problems and when you do have say like you have an episode, they're looking at you like what's going on? Well, they're gonna look at you like you know, look at you like what's what's up because you didn't you didn't share that with them and and something that could have could have been spoken about will appear worse. To the person Because it's It'll be Instead of you discussing It'll come out of left field And nobody <laughs> likes to Nobody likes to get hit over the head And don't know why they're getting hit over the head You know Exactly You know what I'm saying So if you want it to be successful You you know Disclose that Like if you suffer from anxiety You should discuss that Because there are people out there That suffer Severely with anxiety I remember I had a bout With, with anxiety I didn't know that that was happening to me But the doctor told me Yeah you're suffering from anxiety And I think And and you'd be surprised how things develop You know When I found out that You know um, I was diagnosed with scleroderma That really That really upset my spirit To the point Mm -hmm. that I became I I have You know I became anxious about everything And I developed And it really got bad and I had to go talk to somebody. This, you know what I'm saying to you is this is real. And a lot of times mm-hmm. we think that we don't um, exhibit mental illness at some point. And for me, mm-hmm. that was that was like a mental breakdown for me when I had that anxiety mm-hmm. attack. I had to get a hold of myself. And but you know what? Sometimes things have to happen in order for you to recognize what it is you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying so this is disclosure is a must you you know and and it does affect your family because people always think that we all appear normal all the time you know and whatever that definition of what normal is but there but you can have anyone can have an episode anything can happen but the thing is, is that you need to understand and talk with someone to help you get through that and to understand. That's why I said the same way that you go and you seek help, you also must let your partner know, that disclose to them that you know you, you suffer from this so that when you do have an episode, they understand what's going on. What do you think yes, about that? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's very important for disclosure to to occur um, between two partners. But uh, um, I know the reality is in any relationship, many people don't disclose a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it but when you do disclose sometimes maybe your partner can help you figure out your triggers especially if it's something that's associated with um depression yes. or even as you said an um, anxiety disorder because maybe they notice when you you know when your anxiety kicks in something that you did not notice right you know, maybe you are around a certain person or you hear a certain song or maybe You know um, Mm -hmm. when you have to um, do something at work, or you're you're uh, dealing with a deadline, or you know when you have to do public speaking. It could be a lot of different things. So if you have a partner or someone who you want to be a partner, and you have a fairly close relationship, then I would encourage that. But I do understand why people don't disclose because a lot of times when you Open your heart. You're not sure, you know, having a mental illness and knowing and acknowledging that you have one, many times it's very hard to do. It's very hard to open up to someone, just like it's very hard to open up to someone and tell them your fears, your dreams, your goals, and so forth and so on, or, or, or it's something that happened traumatic in your life. Because, you know, they have a piece of your heart, a piece of who you are. And if they're a good person, they'll know how to handle it. And the greatest fear that most of us have is someone using that against us. Yes. And it's paralyzing us. So if we disclose whether, you know, um, you know, we were abused as a child or if we have a mental illness, and this person who we thought we could love and trust or th- we thought that they loved and trust, they use that against us in a negative way Mm -hmm. and now it becomes a weapon and it's a form of controlling us right um many times you know my advice to anyone that is dealing with anything like that is one you can't control how someone is going to handle something but what you can do is you can wait a period of time before you um disclose such information meaning i wouldn't walk down the street putting a sign on my head saying that. You know, I'm schizophrenic, or I'm bipolar. That's not something that I would do. Um, or you know, I was abused as a child, or anything of that nature. I would not do that. You would you would try to take the time and and you know ask the person questions, watch how they handle certain things. You know, give them little bits of information and see how they treat that, and then hopefully over a period of time, then you can open up to them you know just like if they share something with you but in the event that someone does violate that one has to look at that violation as a burden on them and not you and then that's when you have to accept who and what you are you know whether you have a diet a mental illness or some other tragic thing has happened in your life accept that that is a part of you But it it, it isn't you, meaning it doesn't make you, it doesn't break you. Right. You can learn from it, and you can grow and become the best person that you can be. That's right. So don't be ashamed of it, because shame is what controls the person. Yes. Okay? I don't want to get on my soapbox and start preaching about that. But what we're going to um, do is we're going to... um, go to the next one because we already uh, pretty much spoke about disclosure being a must. Um, The next one is um, it says but pick your time. Knowing the right time to disclose that kind of information. Knowing the right time or when to tell someone that you have a mental illness or whatever um, is troubling you. You know, whether it's um, something traumatic that has happened in your life. Meaning I would not talk to someone and tell them, Hey, I'm bipolar right in the middle of a lovemaking session or right in the middle of a movie. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean unless the movie's about being bipolar. Okay? There is a good one out there. But I'm just saying, I think we really need to decide when's the appropriate time. What do you think about
1: that, you know? <laughs> well <clears throat> I, again, I you know it's very important that you know you do pick your time, and especially don't you know? I don't think you should reveal it on the first date because you know why? Let's be real. You know when you're on the first date, you're trying to you try, you're trying to make a good impression on that individual. You know you're trying to get to know each other. And if you really kind of get a sense that you know this person might be really nice or something, um, I don't think you want to do that on the first date. Um, and 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 not that you're—it's nothing to be ashamed of. I just feel that that's not something you want to reveal right away. Um, and you know, it's it's you, you know you don't want to, but then also again about picking the time—you don't want to get so far into the relationship. That you find out that the person can't handle that, you know, so you mm-hmm. really um <clears throat> you really have to kind of feel your way through that and and you know um a great way to introduce that, I feel too is that once you get to know the person you a great way to introduce that is by maybe seeing something like a a, a, a movie or a documentary Or something that discusses And that could be a great lead in um, Or a book That you're reading That could be a great lead in To discussing what you have And in a way That it is um, a, You know make it a learning experience Because remember You're learning about each other and mm-hmm. And then what you might Find out Is that you may find out that that person May know of someone They themselves might have that Or they may know of someone That, is, that has Gone through that And um, mm-hmm. and I think that's Very important because You know once, once you Find that out then you, you're empathetic You're empathetic about mm-hmm. Other people that might suffer From that you know um, I, I had a partner who had ADHD Who has ADHD And I had to look that up because I have wanted to understand um, what's involved with attention deficit disorder. And sometimes attention deficit disorder doesn't get diagnosed until sometimes until you're an adult. And you may find that there are people walking around with ADD and they didn't know that they had ADD because at, at that time... They, they wasn't clinically um, Identified So again you have to pick The time but I think a great time To pick it is like you know once you get to know You get a good feel for the person And you really feel like you can talk About certain things with them You know you can introduce them In different ways To to what it is that you That you have okay. and um, then you, And then too I feel it's a test Also everything is a test Because it's a test to see, you know, whether that is the person for you. Remember, this is a—you're you're trying to develop a relationship, and you really do want to know whether that this is the person for you. You really do, you know. And mm-hmm. and a lot of times you'll find out. But don't wait till you get so far in that you know you, you know you you're committed. And then you find out when you have an episode or something happens they can't they can't they can't really deal with it
0: uh, okay
1: that is that is absolutely
0: true you're you're right um uh, disclosure is um very important, and you gotta find the right time and like you said um telling someone during the first date is not advisable. Like I said, with anything, you want to make sure the person can handle something like that. So you want to wait at least a little while, especially when you know it's going somewhere. You know, if you know it's not going anywhere, there's no need to get into that information with the person, you know, unless they plan to be around for the long haul and really be a friend at least at the minimum. So we really need to, um, you know, Um, look at that and really listen to it. Um, Another thing is also know your limits. (laughs) Know what you can and cannot deal with you personally. And like you said, you know, um, T, you pointed out something very important. You found out that your um, partner had ADHD and you took the time to look it up. And that is what's very important. Looking up the person's diagnosis, really looking up. Don't go by what cousin so and so said, because you know her auntie, her auntie's <laughs> friend's uncle had bipolar, and then you know the cousin of the auntie's cousin brother right. had autism too. And, you know, last time they checked, all of them was jumping all over the place, you know, because when they have bipolar like that, they just start Uh, screaming for no reason. All right. I mean, I mean, I, I, Uh I mean, it's very important to find out the facts, because like I said, you can, you know, everybody, you cannot tell people, uh, that they are wrong about a diagnosis, especially if their cousin's uncle, brother, boyfriend's friend, husband happens, you know, <laughs> and, Right. you know, then, then, you know, my grandmother's auntie from across the street at the church, you know,
1: <laughs> or, you know, Miss Miller in the choir, right. has it, you know. <laughs> and you know sometimes you know you know how like the old school people they say I always knew was something wrong with him. Or exactly. I always knew something wrong with her. You know so it, it, I knew exactly or something I knew
0: all them children was in right light Right. Over there. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it myself. I use it. I know it I'd like you did yeah, I knew it because did you see how the father would walk into the church? Right. <laughs> he what? he was walking to the side like. And right. when he walked to the side like, you know, he sort of would sneeze a certain way. It wasn't right. normal. I knew it. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you know, something I mean, real I've crazy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's very important. <laughs> it's very important that you take the time to find out about whatever the mental illness is, right. whether it is um, bipolar, being bipolar, um, autism, um, schizophrenic, that um, uh, depression, mm-hmm. any of those things, because like. You know, I'm a very firm believer, and um, not too long ago I spoke about this um, at BCC, where um, I spoke to college students and I said that anything that is created by the body can be healed by the body. And I'm a strong believer in that. And I'm not saying that, you know, a mental illness can be totally wiped out from, you know, vitamins and herbs, but what I do believe is it can help normalize a person so that the um, issues or the challenges are not as prevalent or not as intensified. Um, So that's why sometimes it's very important that you look certain things up. Like an anxiety disorder has to do with your nervous system, you know, and if you know anything about vitamin therapy. Vitamin B is known for the nervous system. Uh-huh. There's a stronger form of vitamin B known as inositol. And inositol would be good if you um, if you have an anxiety disorder. Uh-huh. Now, anything I said, I'm not a medical physician. Please look it up prior to using it. I want to uh-huh. say that. Uh-huh. But it is known to, to help. Now, I say that from my own personal experience with my own personal family member that does have an um, anxiety disorder as well as autism. And to help her, which is my daughter, my beautiful daughter, um, to help her with her nervousness or her panic attacks, I give her anositol. And the, the safe thing about using vitamins as opposed to medication mm-hmm. is it leaves the body. You know, you go to the bathroom, the vitamins are gone. That's why you have to take them every day. I mean, you take medication every day, but medication stays in the body a lot longer, um, connecting itself to the cells. So that's a whole long story in itself. But once again, the most important thing is, um, like you said, knowing your limits, but also doing your own research. Please don't go to your cousin's, Uncle John's, brother's, you know, and, it, you know, the church nation. Research it. Go to medical physicians, find psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists that can help you along that, even herbologists. You know, I'm very much into Western medicine, Chinese medicine, African, um, ancient African herbal medicine that can help you with these symptoms to help normalize. Um, so that's why it's important to understand it. And, and once you understand it, then you know what you have to deal with. If you are staying in this relationship for the long haul, or even if the relationship is with you and your own child, your own partner, your own parent, your own brother, your own sister, your own friend, or whoever it is that is in your life that has been affected by mental illness, you know how to deal with them. You know, and understand the words that you use, because it's not good to sit up here and call somebody retarded, oh, or you're bipolar, and you really don't know what that means.
1: That's true. You and know. a lot of people throw throw these words and these terms around loosely, not understanding um, what that means. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 again, that is because people are ignorant, and that's why you have to be careful of the words that you speak. You know, and when you're an adult, you are responsible for what you say. So you are responsible for what you say. So before you start talking, you know, and calling names, understand what, what it is that may be ailing someone. Because I guarantee you, a lot of us talk like stuff doesn't affect us. And we know of many people And many uh, people that we know Friends, family That are affected by mental illness And and there are some people That are undiagnosed And you know That's why I said Be very careful what you say Und- You know try to have some understanding Have understanding about What it is that the person May be suffering from And Just And that's why it's important that Sometimes you can't share everything with everybody And that's why I say it's important Who you share information with as well You know Mm -hmm. um, Because uh, people tend to use things against you And and, and, and it can't impair you Because if you're in a place And you're trying to get employment And you're around people You know really that's discrimination I don't care what anybody says But just be very careful About what you say And if you don't know something Read about it Look it up There's too much information out here For you not to know something And again The key word here is empathy You have to have empathy You know in order for you to understand You need to have some kind of Some form of empathy Because it is a sensitive Mm -hmm. Mental illness is a sensitive subject But it affects everyone Mhm absolutely it it absolutely does. That's why it's important to
0: understand what your limits are, what you can and cannot deal with, right, you know, and what you think you're prepared to deal with and you know the beauty about understanding um someone with a diagnosis is you have the opportunity to um educate yourself, you know before you decide to take that road, you know, and if you can't handle it, then, you know, you can at least explain that to that person, you know, maybe you can't handle it then, but maybe you can Mm -hmm. handle it at another time in in your life. But the whole point is it gives um, the person an understanding that maybe you can be a friend they reach out to. It may not be, you know, you can determine the kind of relationship you have with someone that has a mental illness, you know. You may want to be a friend for a long period of time just to see if you can understand it. And then, you know, nature will take its course and may go into a more intimate relationship. You know, like I said, the only difference between a mental illness and and a physical illness is a mental illness you cannot see. A physical illness you can see. So if someone is handicapped, you can physically see what is wrong. You can physically make a, you know, you can visually make a determination of how to handle that person, like if they're in a wheelchair, what you need to do. So you you capture the, the sight of them being handicapped or in a wheelchair. You know that you may have to help them. Put the wheelchair in the car, you may have to help them get into the car if they have trouble, or you know, if they're, they're um, going down the street, you may have to help them go over a curb, a variety of different things because you can see that visually. But the problem with a mental illness is it's not visual. So it's harder to detect, it's harder to understand, and it's harder for you to process on how to help that person, how to be there for that person, how to be supportive of that person, Mm -hmm. okay, or or who is in your life. Um, Another um, point when when you're deciding to maintain a relationship with someone with a mental illness is... um, You can't make, if you're the person with the mental illness, you can't make the person responsible for your mental illness. Meaning, for example, if you have depression and you don't like to go out, but your husband or your wife likes to go out, you shouldn't make them feel guilty or stop them from going out just because you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's right. You know, you know. Or if you if you have an anxiety disorder and large crowds are not your thing, but the person wants to go to a concert, you know, they may not be able to go with you, but maybe they can go with a friend or they can go with a relative, you know. But in that case, you have to really be secure in your relationship with the person. That's why it's important to pick the proper time on having a discussion on the proper time and the right person to have that conversation with, picking, making sure you got a good mate that can understand that, and then disclosing that, letting them know what you do understand about your illness, and then also helping them or educating them and encouraging them to understand so that you too can have an open and mature conversation with um, concerning the mental illness that is, that is um Evident in a relationship but it's, it's important to work you may have To work a little harder but it's no harder Than anyone that doesn't have a mental illness Because all these things that we're Talking about are still the foundation For having a good relationship What do you think about that t Well
1: You know I, I You know the way it's just like anything else You have to work on having A healthy relationship And that healthy Relationship by the way means that it's not going to be perfect all the time however a healthy relationship is an open relationship Um, it is a relationship that you laugh you support one another and you bring joy to each other that's a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. it's not perfect and it's not going to be perfect but I think Mm -hmm. when you if you are involved with someone that has a mental illness You try your best to work together to have a healthy relationship Because that in itself encourages you encourages your partner And you can make positive steps And you can be You'll, be, you'll end up being more of a help to each other When you can deal realistically With what what the situation is you know, Because I feel that um, people will tend to avoid uh, people that have mental illness. And like I said, people right away don't tell you that. They don't tell you that they suffer from ADHD or they suffer from anxiety or they suffer from schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. A lot of people will not tell you that right away. But if it's a relationship that is worth keeping then you have to work together like you said you don't make your partner responsible because part of that is having balance you know it's already a challenge but part of that is making sure that your partner is happy too and not always totally focusing on you because remember there has to be some balance there has to be some give and take in order for it to be successful so, you know, like you said You know, if you're depressed And you don't feel like going out but your, but your partner wants to go out Let your partner go out You know, because that's their outlet And what you'll find out Just like with anything else in a relationship You have to have There are things you do together And there's stuff that you do separately That's just like any other relationship You know, so find out What is a happy medium What's a good medium for you two But most of all, you support each other, not always supporting you, but you support each other because that's what's going to maintain the relationship is that, you know, you support one another.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It is important to, um, you know, support one another and also encourage each other that's the mo that's the foundation of any good relationship, whether it's intimate or non intimate that you can communicate that you can talk to each other that you can say um what is on your mind without fear of retribution um, ret- retribution retaliation right. humiliation yes. or any anything like that that can destroy or hinder. Your growth as a person, an individual, and also your self-esteem. Because if someone is constantly attacking you, or you feel under attack, then that is not a foundation for a good relationship. And um, like I was saying, or you know, whether the person has a mental illness or not, um, there it is very important that we have a good, strong sense of communication. And when having a good, strong sense of communication, remember communication really is a four-way street, not even a two-way street. Most people think it's two-way because one person sends a um, piece of information and the other person sends a in- piece of information. So they think it's two-way, but it's actually four. It's One person sends it, it's received and heard, and the other person sends and that's received and heard. You know, and basically that's processing the information, taking the time to understand, taking the time to listen. I mean, really listen to what this person says. Not listen so that you can respond or to react. You know, we have to, to, to not do that. And that's the whole foundation of basically this topic tonight when we talking about mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like I said, most people react when they hear that someone has a... um Mental illness, meaning that they they say a comment or they do something without thinking, as opposed to responding. Which means you take the information in, you process it, and then you then you have something to say. Once you've made an educated guess or or have an educated question, you know the more information you know, the better you can help yourself as well as the one that you love or the one you plan on loving. What do you think about that, beloved?
1: Well, yeah, it, it's like I said the more, the, the more you know, the better you can be of assistance to someone And, and just to let you know If you, any of you out there are interested in understanding the, um, What mental health conditions exist You can go to, the, go to the website called The National Alliance on Mental Illness The website is www.nami.org www.nami.org and you can learn more about mental health conditions. And also, if you feel that someone is in crisis or you're in crisis, you can go and get 24 hours, 7 days a week support. You can also text them. Text N-A-M-I to seven four one seven four one, And you can get help if you feel that you're in a crisis. What I like about... The NAMI website is It gives you um, If you want to learn more There's a learn more section In the learn more section you can know What the warning signs are What type of treatment What kind of research is being done um, Again like what are some of the mental health conditions? You can even join a discussion group You can also get support If you are a lesbian Gay trans Transgender Queer they have support for LGBTQ if you're A veteran because a lot of our uh, United States veterans People that have served in all The wars suffer From some of them suffer From mental illness There is support for veterans and active Duty and there's support For teens and adults young adults And family members and Caregivers so if you're interested In learning more about mental Illness go to that website, www.nami.org. Because I think it's very important for us to understand because from what they say on the website, 1.5 million mm-hmm. Americans suffer from mental illness in this country. Yes. And that is a that's very... That, that's a huge number. And, you know, as, and, as far as like in the African-American community... A lot of us suffer from mental illness But we still Feel stigmatized About talking about it But there is help There is help out there Um, And I had the pleasure of And and you professor when you came to my graduation A person that spoke About mental illness Miss Terry Williams She has written a book about mental illness And She mentioned that in the African-American community, we need to go get help. Because a lot of us, more and more of us are coming up and and we're showing up with issues, mental health issues. And we need to seek out help. Right. I know um, New York City has a a big
0: program on that. It's called Thrive NYC. And -hmm. if you go to, uh, if you Google Thrive NYC, you will um, be directed to um, the um, mental health uh, initiative that has been started by um, Joe de Blasio's wife.
2: Mm -hmm. I know she's
0: uh, on the forefront of this. Um, One of the certifications that they have available, which is free, which is at a lot of um, local churches, is called a Mental Health First Aid. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have other um, programs or certs or information that you can find about mental health if it, if it is something that you want to learn more about. So, um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's something to look into. It's not uh, mandatory. But you never know who you may come across, and you may you never know who you may fall in love with because the heart doesn't matter, doesn't care whether the person has a mental illness or not. They just know who they love, and that the heart is going to match to another heart that is full of love and understanding.
1: Absolutely. That's right. So,
0: um, we're going to wrap this one up tonight, and um, we're going to tell you a little bit more about other little events going on. Mm-hmm. Like I said, um, I, the professor, will be honored be one of the honored guests on April 14th, (laughs) my lovely empowerment luncheon that is going on at Judy's Place in Brooklyn, New York, and Marcus Garvey. Um, I will be there with a a host of other honorees, and it it is really going to be a great, great event where, you know, they're going to be giving out goodie bags, they're going to get food. But there's also going to be a lot of inspiring people talking about what they've encountered and what they've endured um, to get to where they are and what they plan to do with themselves. So it would be very good for you to come out, network with other people like minds, And even if you're not on that level yet, you know, the energy alone will just sort of pump you up. Um, another way that you can um, contact me, the professor is at the professor at You can also go to my website, which I'm still working on, but it's www.pearlsofblack.com. Um Also you can also email me at Pearls of Black at um, Pe at gmail.com. I'm also available on Tumblr, which is Pearls of Black blog. Uh, Pearls of Black Blog 2012. I'm also available on Facebook as well as Instagram. On the Instagram, I'm P O B Professor, it's Pearls of Black Professor. Um, let's see, another thing is I'm letting everyone know that I'm in the process of starting a coaching, personal and couple coaching, which I will be working in conjunction with other therapists until I get to All on right, the full all right, level. all right. Yes. Yes, to help everyone with those mental health issues, is self esteem issues and so forth and so on. So I'm planning to put together some seminars about that, and also discussions. So what about you? What's going on with you, Tila? What's going on girl? Well, you know.
1: Listen, listen. Let me tell you something. You can catch love, sex, and relationships right here on my radio network. A bowl of soul, a mixtu of soul music. You can look that up by going to www.live365.com and just search for a bowl of soul. I also broadcast on the Progressive Radio Network at 6 p.m. on Fridays, Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can catch a bowl of soul in full effect, celebrating classic soul, R&B, new soul, independent R&B, Jazz, smooth jazz, you got it. It's on a bowl of soul. You'll get a little bit of history of the artists and the producers and those have, who have helped to make R&B what it is since 1949 to the present. You can catch me also. You can like my Facebook page, which is a bowl of soul, a mixture of soul music. Make sure you follow it. Follow me on Twitter at a bowl. Of soul. I also have my podcast website, which is www.aboleofsoul.com, which where you can go and download uh, some of my shows. I've done over 205 shows. I'm very proud of that. Coming up soon Woo-hoo! with the bowl. Yeah, we're going to celebrate that. Yes. And you can catch a bowl of soul this Friday because I'm going to be celebrating the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King who passed away on this day, April 4th in 1968. It's been 50 years since the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, and he still resonates till this day. His his, his his words, what he believed, and then you can see it manifested even in the young children who are protesting gun violence in this nation right now. So make sure you yeah. tune in to this broadcast on Friday, www.prn.fm, while we celebrate some of the music that occurred in that era of the time of 1968, around April 4th, 1968. And also, just make sure if you want to email me Drop me an email me, drop, drop me an email at EbolaSoul at gmail.com And what's exciting about Ebola Soul This year of 2018 We are going to be doing interviews Of some of the R&B artists That are lighting up the world Today that means R&B Is definitely not dead So make sure you catch me And the professor here On Wednesdays at 8pm To listen to how you can have a better relationship, learn how to have a healthy life and also not only a healthy life a healthy mental life a healthy spiritual life and a healthy physical life what you think professor?
0: I think that's absolutely true, a healthy life a healthy physical life a healthy mental life
1: a healthy financial life oh yes, hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> Yes, bring in the money. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. always
0: um that's trust me, a lot of times for a lot of people, once you get the, the healthy financial life, you gotta healthy mental <laughs> life.
1: That's right. <laughs> because you know? you're so stressed out about it. Listen, but, yeah, you know, money money does stress out a lot of relationships, but the, you know, but you what? gotta know listen. You know, money will put some pressure on a relationship, but, you know, you don't want to be attacking each other over no money now. You got to remember why Mm -hmm. you two got together in the first place. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Right, Professor? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. Absolutely. 100% true. Money does stress you out. So that's why it's (laughs) important. Yes To make sure you have an A Work on your finances There's a lot of great books out there You know
1: I know there's um, One uh, Smart Women Finish Rich <laughs> Oh yeah I like Yeah I want to get that 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 Yeah That's my man Who is Who wrote that book Smart let Women Let me see Who
0: It's a yeah, man Smart Women um,
1: uh, Yes yeah, Written by a guy Who um,
0: Hold on Let me see if I can find it real Um
1: Real quick, um, David while, Bach. Yes, David Bach. He was a
0: financial. Yeah, he was a financial advisor, and yes. he also says in the book that women are actually better investors than men because a lot of times women have a tendency—if they have a plan, they follow through with it, whereas men don't yeah. do
1: that. Yeah. Well, we're a little bit more patient. I feel. <laughs> and, exactly. and also, well, yeah. I think the reason why we make better investments because. Let's look at the statistics A lot of women um, When they get older they lose income So we're not going to sit up there And lose the little bit of income we got By just gambling it away Or tossing it away am not saying men gamble the money I'm just saying that we're going to be We're going to do our homework and do a little bit more Research um, Before we just take the little bit of money that we And throw it away
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know but that would be another show <laughs> But anyway Exactly. <laughs> so let's Exactly. So let's wrap up, professor. So, you know, let the people know what uh, what type of what we're going to talk about next week. You know, next week, um let
0: me see. We are going to talk about I think we should talk about money and finances like we just discussed. <laughs> that would be a great topic. We are going to go over some money and finances. Uh, that's, that's that... I,
1: hmm, that's a that plan. something
0: we all need to talk about. Because well, uh, everybody always talks about the woman being the gold digger. But I think there's a lot of money in that fit that profile <laughs> nowadays.
1: Yeah, you know... Well, anyway, that we'll talk about money and finances next week, you know, because I think that's a great. Yeah, ain't yeah I, think, I guess they're not called
0: gold diggers when it's a man. It must be a coal miner.
1: I don't know. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what they call them. You know what I'm saying? But I hear a lot about women and money, and sometimes it ain't. It's negative. So we definitely got to talk uh, about that. You know, well, anyway, absolutely. we, we want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Thank to- you. Love sex and relationships Make sure you tune in next week At 8pm on Wednesday You can hear this podcast Again at 12 midnight uh, Thursday April the 5th You can also hear it at 12 noon And at 8pm Up until Tuesday So Wednesday again we're going to talk about finances But make sure you stay tuned And make sure you tune in And listen to some great music here on a bowl of soul, a mix to a soul music radio network. Cause there's some great slamming new music and classic soul that you can tap your feet to. So we're going to wish you good night. Good night. Good night and sleep tight and have a blessed evening.